Hello and welcome back to Cast Iron, a podcast all about metal. My name is Alan Williamson and I'm joined as always by Lewis Clark. Hello, Lewis. Hello there. You all right, buddy? Happy 2017. Yeah, God, I can't believe this is the first episode of the year. <laughs> um, but hey-ho, um, we got there eventually. <laughs> we did, we did. It must have be, been two years in April now? Uh, yeah, um, I, well, I got the um, renewal notice for the website address <laughs> the other day. Um, oh, yes. So, it's yeah, it probably is, um, which is kind of weird. Um and it's nice. Weird to, but good. Weird but good. Yeah, it, it's good. I, I mean, I'm glad we're kicking off this year with something that's a bit indulgent as well. <laughs> um, well the, I guess the the format of two guys talking about heavy metal in a podcast is in itself indulgent. Yeah, but, uh, true, true. Um, so this is our Valentine special. Hopefully, if we we get it out in time. Uh, uh, this, yeah, no, I don't see why. This time, <laughs> this time we're listening to Hymns Razorblade Romance. So we have um, not only wanted to do him for a long time, mm. we've been threatening to do all of the him albums <laughs> at one point or another. Yeah, because yeah. Um, they're one of my favorite bands and one of the bands that was really uh, instrumental in me getting into metal. And you love him so much that you've got a hardogram tattoo. <laughs> I do, I do. Which is, um, oh god, it's like the most cliched. Like I, I like goth music tattoo but um yeah i've never regretted it though so that's a good point that's a good fact <laughs> um, I, I always think about like i don't think this is going to happen with him i should preface this with but i'm wary of getting tattoos of anything that could be ruined by humans like if you yeah, get a, yeah if you were to get a sonic the hedgehog tattoo that's, yeah, a that's arguably point. already already ruined but the character itself is kind of untaintable but yeah. if you were to get and the obvious thing that springs to mind would be a Lost Profits tattoo. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, how it many is... people went down to the laser clinic after uh, yeah, Ian yeah. Watkins was incarcerated? You know? <laughs> well, I mean, cover-ups are not a, bad, are not a difficult thing to do anyway, but um, for the amount of time that I've been listening to him, which will be... I started listening to him in 2004, um, mm-hmm. and they haven't let me down since, so as far as I'm concerned, I'm still pretty proud of that tattoo. <laughs> um, but yeah... Uh, so I'm trying how- to think for me that so Razorblade Romance was the first him album I owned. Although okay. I I got into them pretty much around the time that Love Metal was released. That must have been two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. So I I, um, I came in later. <clears throat> I came in via uh, Love Metal. Um, more specifically, I came in via and Love said no because I didn't own Love Metal, mm-hmm. but I'd heard obviously the singles as and when they were coming out. Um, yes. But the first record I bought was Unlove Said No, which is the, the, the compilation the, record. The greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. One of many, bizarrely. Um, because oh, there's... They've got, oh, they've got so many. They've got a big collection of singles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the 10-disc the beast, because I know my, my brother had that. Yeah, there's a 20th anniversary um, best of album called Double uh, X as well. Um, okay. which, um, has... Oh, yes. The, the, the funky blue cover. Yeah, yeah. It has one new song on it, which is a cover of a... Oh, I can't even remember the artist's name now. That's going to annoy me. Um, God, I'm going to have to look this up now. You do. You speak. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> um, 
I was trying to think of ways in which we could introduce people to him and categorize that kind of music. And actually, when I was doing my Wikipedia research, because I, I didn't need to listen to the album, you know, because I've listened to it hundreds of times. Yep. But um, one of the things they said is that actually, Razorblade Romance is a cross between hard rock and metal and, and glam rock. And I think that's actually a really good way of categorizing yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they are a band that I think the... The structure of their songs is often quite similar and the lyrical content is very much seeing without it. The way I used to explain to people is um, the way to understand him um, is that the opposite of love is death, yeah, not hate. And if you understand <laughs> that, then all of their songs make sense. Yeah, absolutely. All these weird, weird contrasts mm. between love and death, which don't really seem profound unless you go, ah, but they are, they are opposites in, in him world. Mm-hmm. Um, but this album is a bit more hard rocking compared to some of the other stuff love yeah, metal yeah, i think i'd say fair was, to say has a more metal feel yeah, uh, yeah. venus doom obviously has more of a doom metal feel yeah, possibly yeah. to its detriment because there's some incredibly <laughs> forced in crowbarred in uh, doom metal bits yeah, um, yeah but this one's a lot more hard rocking and i think if you were going to get into him this would be one of the two albums i would recommend along absolutely, with love absolutely. metal um so you so you came in via Razorblade Romance then that was the first album you owned by him yeah that it was, was the first it was the first one I owned yeah and you own the I'm assuming the UK track list yeah um so if you're if you're listening along at home um <laughs> first of all that's impressive to you know <laughs> podcast and listen to the album at once um so I bought the U- I have a UK album yep and it is different to the original pressing in fact it came out nearly a year later yep um and there are different tracks now some of these actually are they are re re-recordings of songs off their first album greatest mm, love yeah, songs yeah. volume 666 um i think that's the i think that's the only difference is that there's yeah there's there's your sweet six six there is there they've is removed a song as game. well ah okay so, uh, okay and they've removed one last time yeah which is the one it. that album closer yeah. basically um which gives it a very sort of different feel actually that mm-hmm. record because yeah the, the closing obviously doesn't end on uh well, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But we're, for for all intensive purposes, we're going to go through the original Finnish uh, and European yeah. um, track list, which starts with "I Love You," "Prelude to Tragedy," and ends on "One Last Time." Um, so, yeah, that gives you an idea of what we're going to flow through. Also, I have just looked up uh, <laughs> the uh, two decades of love metal uh, compilation, and that uh, that the original song on that is a cover of "Strange World" by an artist called K. Um, oh yes, I, yeah. I know that one. Really yeah. good, really good song. Actually, it, it very much uh, is in the style of a lot of the love metal sound. It's got the sort of Hilly Hillsmer production on it, which is a little bit more grunty and raw <laughs> um which is the the hymn i like and it's very it's even though this album i suppose is the most sort of accessible it still has that edge to it which um mm-hmm. hillsmer sort of like uh is kind of his thing really and i'm pretty sure he also produced this oh no he didn't uh, john fryer produced this one so that that'll probably explain why it's a little bit brighter in comparison um so but, we yeah. get cracking then yeah let's do it Okay, so the first track is I Love You. That's the name of the song. That's not me declaring my love for you. Um, <laughs> yep. Most people probably know I got got engaged just before uh, the New Year. So, hey. Yeah, yeah, excellent stuff. If anybody wants to know why, you can listen to the Slipknot Iowa episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so the first song is I Love You, Prelude to Tragedy. I see it in your eyes. I feel it in your church. I taste it from your lips. And baby more I love I see it in your eyes I feel it in 
it's a really good opener. It's an excellent opener. Um, the only negative thing I'll say about this is um, the introduction always kind of makes me jump. <laughs> um, yeah, no, this so this only made sense to me whenever I realised that the UK and original tracks are different because yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have the the UK track listing you know burned in memory. Yeah, yeah. But it always seemed a bit weird that that song faded in so drastically at the yeah, start. Yeah. Um, so you get uh, like we a can, very we can of... we can scare the shit out of our listeners by by <laughs> recording that back in the mix and doing the same thing. To yeah, them. yeah, yeah. So um, uh, here's here's a jump warning, <laughs> um, jump scare warning. Yeah, jump scare warning. Um, but yeah, so basically it has like a sort of uh, a muted like solo vocal performance with it with a little bit of synth in the background, um, and then everything sort of all the instrumentation comes in at once. Uh, very loud in comparison to the, 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 the to the solo vocal at the start, and yeah, it's just a great big fat rocking bastard of a song <laughs> uh, from the get go. Massive riff. Um, I really like the bass tone on this track in particular. Mm-hmm. It's just this really fat twangy sound um, that does uh, crop up quite quite a lot through this record. And one of the I think things, him one some of the things that. Apart from the vocals being really good, yeah, the the things that come across in a lot of him songs are they are very good at big fat riffs, yeah, yeah, and they're very good at well well produced and well coordinated bass lines. Mm, absolutely, in fact, like uh, the sort of low end sound is kind of it permeates a lot of the music on this, uh, even 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 with the vocals. So in particular, um, I Love You has a very sort of deep baritone vocal on it yeah um that doesn't really sort of uh shift too much in its range um but we'll speak about vocal range as we go through the record but yeah this one is (laughs) yeah absolutely uh this one is obviously a very low sort of baritone style um but yeah what an amazing song a great riff that's like always sort of driving the song um one of the things i really love about i love you is the uh the drum fill that happens uh just at the end of the chorus before it goes back into the the riff that starts the song it's like the <laughs> and then it all comes back in and it's just like oh that's so satisfying i love i love the way that happens um yeah it's just it's structured so well i love this song um you'll notice with a lot of the music on this record that the stru- structure is very much sort of like pop song i suppose so it's very sort of verse yeah. chorus verse chorus there's a big bridge, and then we'll come back for a nice for a nice chorus at the end. And uh, it, it, I mean, it makes things a little bit, I don't know, predictable. But at the same time, the songwriting is so solid that I don't care. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care either. Yeah, I think this yeah. is going to be a very sympathetic hearing for Razorblade Romance. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, we were actually um, over the the Christmas break, uh, and I sent you a photo of this. Uh, Jess and I had borrowed my mum's car, and we were driving pretty much all the way west across Northern Ireland yeah, to yeah. meet a friend for lunch. Oh, lovely. And I was looking for CDs for the car trip. Mm. Um, and I had all these, um, you know, when you used to download the, the loose MP3s of Kazaa yeah, and yeah, Napster yeah, yeah. and stuff. So I had loads of mix CDs. And oh, right, definitely really? a period where, yeah, most of these mix CDs were just hymn tracks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just a, it was like a, a hymn and bad religion album, which 
sums up my teens. But we all we also found a bootleg <laughs> copy of Love Metal that my brother had burnt. Oh, amazing! <laughs> and the quality wasn't that bad, actually. <laughs> wow! Um, but but these songs um, just have such a an immediate impact in in memory to me. It just brings it all back. Yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, because they're so nostalgic. It would be really hard for me to give this an objective hearing. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Tell me about uh, it. Um, okay, I say I say really hard. That's being too kind to myself. It is impossible to give these <laughs> an objective hearing. Yeah, yeah. But I do think. But I do think most of them hold up. So yeah, there's not going to be a lot of picking at this one. I think it's going to be more a deep dive in what makes the songs tick. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than evaluating whether they're good or not. Mm-hmm. Um. You know. Because. Because I. Because I think they're all good. Yeah. Yeah. It's also worth mentioning as well. Um. In um, it was 2015, I think. Um, him released a box set. Oh, 2014. Sorry, December 23rd, 2014. Him released a box set called Lashes to Ashes, Lust to Dust, and it's um a vinyl re-release of the first EP and the first four albums in one box set with a ton of bonus tracks, like different like alternate mixes and stuff from the time of recording, live versions and things. Really, really good box set. Um, but it's also in like entirely remastered and this is the way i listened to it uh before we recorded the podcast actually mm-hmm. so um this version of Razorblade romance is a uh, is a tad brighter um you'll notice that like the choruses pop a little bit more um which is a lovely way to listen to it if you've never listened to it you can get uh these versions as their own sort of they, they release them on cd with it like the bonus disc that has all the extra songs on it um, if you ever wanted to listen to them that way uh, it's a really nice remaster actually it, it really preserves the sound really well and doesn't really sort of um, spoil it in any way if you listen to the original version of Razor Red Romance you wouldn't sort of lose too much to be honest with you it just sounds ever so slightly more muted in comparison to them to the new, you, to the new version do we know if those albums are available for streaming um, I don't actually um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on an Apple Music adventure as yeah, I, as I yeah. ask um, I'm, I'd assume they would be, to be honest with you. I don't think they've ever had any issues with um, having their their material available for streaming or in alternate uh, formats. I mean, all the albums are there. I'm just curious as to whether the uh, the recut ones are there. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it might just be the the standard um, sort of Sony BMG release. Uh, is it no Sony? Sony isn't BMG, is it? Uh, all I oh, have got BMG, on sorry, Apple yeah, Music yeah. is the bonus track version, which is a British one with a couple of live tracks. Right. Okay. So that's yeah. Um, that's that's early. Doors. And we also have another one, which is oh, okay. Oh, that's exciting. You can get a um, you can get the limited edition with two unreleased bonus tracks, which is the the the, the, the one true order. Right. It's got the bonus tracks, which is a. Well, they're calling it a January 2000 release. Yeah, Apple yeah. Music seem to have the original track listing and the UK one with the, the bonus live tracks. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. That's really cool. Um, so, yeah, you, it sounds like you can obviously stream the most recent mm-hmm. remaster as well then. Um, uh, well, who knows? <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's, an, it's a really nice version. And, yeah, like I say, it just, it just makes like... Um, because there's a lot of light and dark on this album. You'll notice that, that the verses are often quite subdued, um, very sort of croony. And then when the chorus kicks in, the instrumentation sort of beefs up ever so slightly and you get sort of like backing vocals to accompany Villa's vocals. Um, and it just makes everything really sort of 
pop you know it's a, it's a it's a really nice sounding record in that regard um yeah, it is it is really well mastered mm, yeah I, i've always i've always thought about it even uh, even like i like i say i obviously listened to that 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 remaster now quite quite heavily because it was like the most recent release of it but um it it doesn't do a disservice to the original record at all um it's still a great sounding record if you listen to an original pressing or the, or, a, or a recent one the only one that I can think of where the mastering isn't so good was uh, Greatest Love Songs. I don't remember it being particularly poppy, yeah, like, like punchy, it, I should say. I think it's also a, a, a product of the fact that it was obviously produced a lot more, you know, with, with not nearly as much budget behind it. Um, mm-hmm. Him at, at the point of Razorblade Romance were basically the biggest Finnish band in, in the country. Um, I, I think it went number one in Germany as well. Uh, they were they were doing the business at this point. Um, yeah, Razorblade Romance basically kind of marks the the proper breakout for him, like uh, almost worldwide. the The fact of the, the fact of the day is that um, in terms of best selling artists in Finland, mm. um, the top three metal acts are Nightwish, Metallica, and then him. Yeah, there you go. That that gives you so an exact the, example. <laughs> exactly second second point. to most popular Finnish band after Nightwish. Yep, in in Finland. Absolutely. I don't know. If, yeah. I don't know worldwide. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but know, I mean, I, I know they've. Fact <laughs> I know they've got a pretty heavy European following, and I know they're pretty big in Germany. Um, uh, and yeah, they've they've obviously they sort of broke Europe first before they sort of moved into the US. And it took them a little while to sort of break the US. Actually, I think the the, the album that really sort of did it for them was Dark Light, which was two thousand five, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you think of that in context, uh, Razorblade Romance came out in nineteen ninety nine. So, um, yeah. Took a little while. Took a little while to get. See, that. I would have thought. I would have assumed it was love metal because of the whole Bam Margera. You would have factor, thought that, but... and I thought that initially myself. But um, I think he was kind of against the grain there. To be honest with you, He's, I mean, he obviously gave them a little bit of a boost in popularity, but um, he, he they didn't like they didn't really tour the US properly until sort of Dark Light, uh, and that was released on Sire Records, which is obviously a US based label. So um, yeah, that that kind of gave them the push in that in that environment. Um, well, I'll be damned. But yeah, there you go. Um, it did. Yeah, I always I, again. I always assume the same. Um, but it did sort of come later. Their their sort of break into the US. Um, but yeah, I love you. Play Your Tragedy is an amazing opener. <laughs> and really we should probably move on to the second song now, <laughs> which uh, is Poison Girl. Yeah, so this has just the biggest sing-along anthemic chorus. I absolutely adore Poison Girl. Um, it's yeah, you can't not sing along to it. <laughs> um, you also get that massive chunky bass line once again. Um, mm-hmm. Very powerful, always permeating the song. And I always one of the things I really like about Poison Girl is the verse is kind of split into two parts and it's sort of it you it's signified by like a little sort of guitar lick it goes yes, and then it goes very into very nice for the cruelty of love while it's up inside crawl straight towards her heart Oh, it's just like really like um what's the word? 
like self-indulgent almost <laughs> but in a, in a really nice way i really like it i really enjoy it um any any thoughts on poison girl uh, only that it is excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is going to be difficult to talk about, isn't it? Because we're just like, this is a great song. This is a great song. This is a great film. Um, it is a good. It is a good catchy sing along one. It's probably one of their more iconic songs yeah. because m- most of their songs are croonier, like explicit love songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they do have the the twist of death or poison and that kind of stuff. So yeah, this is. Yeah. Um, a real archetypal archetypal hymn song. Yeah, absolutely. It was released as a single as well. Um, so, um, yeah, that obviously sort of signifies how how well known it is in sort of hymn circles. It always it always appears on the the, the greatest hits records and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's it's a fantastic song. Um, and we haven't got there yet, but it's still sort of like a traditional rock song. We haven't um, mm-hmm. the keyboard element hasn't played um a big part of the music so far um but that does change when we move into join me in death led with a big sort of piano riff actually um and it's the first time that the current um keyboard player sort of makes a very prominent sort of appearance on this record um it at this point in time uh the person responsible for keyboards was i'm going to absolutely butcher this name but uh juicy miko salminen uh or juska as is uh uh, Let's just call him Juska. <laughs> yeah, um, and he only appears on this record. Um, he oh. was replaced by Burton, um, who became the longest-running keyboard player in him's um, sort of uh, career. He's still with them at the moment um, on the next album, Deep Shadows and Brilliant Highlights. But yeah, uh, Juska's the only, uh, only only appearance as a him uh, keyboardist is on Razorblade Romance. Um, and prior to that, we had, I'm trying to remember the guy's name now, Anto Melasiniemi. <laughs> um, We're always going to struggle with this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, no, I'm not even sure if it's pronounced Vilvelo or Willowelo. Because I've, <laughs> I've heard him. Villa. I've heard him. Villa? Yeah. Oh, okay. From what I, I mean, I. I think I've I've definitely seen him pronounce his own name in interviews as Villavalo, I think. Um, so, uh, yeah. I could, I, so, again, ap- apologies. We are. Dirty Westerners <laughs> who don't well, understand European. At, at least, at least we're doing like better British. than the first time I went to see him live. Yeah, um, they were touring, and Love Said No, mm. and um, that I was when the, I first I saw them as well. Actually, the yeah. the support act was Cathedral. Yeah, what an amazing show! Um, so Cathedral came on, and there were loads of. Uh, 14, 15 year old Northern Irish girls all going, <laughs> We want him! We want yeah. him! Yeah. And I wasn't sure if they meant the band or Villa Velo. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, that's always kind Probably of the thing, isn't it? Both, that's that's yeah. just sort of the audience that him, unfortunately. Well, I say unfortunately. I think it's great that um, a broader audience can be involved with heavy music. I think um, the fact that women in particular seem to be very big on him 
um, is a great thing to be honest with you because <laughs> who it's... knows who knows why who knows why this extremely <laughs> extremely attractive uh, Finnish man with a fantastic voice is yeah, so yeah, appealing. Yeah. That, like, I mean, look, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Like, what's I mean, like, if 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 this if if a band like this is your you know one of your first introductions to heavier music, then I I don't have any sort of problem with that. Like, again, maybe the Im- obviously the image is going to be like a big part of it. Um, but at the same time, they've got the music to back it up. So, yeah, you know, totally. It's, there's but nothing wrong with that. Just have a look at the front cover, uh, which is um, Villa with his uh, cigarette and mouth yeah. shirt open and his sort of thumbs in his jeans. So yeah, you can see he's got a, a tattooed crotch. <laughs> and he's um, looking super any, androgynous as well. Any um, questions? <laughs> any, any, any questions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Join Me in Death is one of their biggest songs, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's the it was released twice as a single during the cycle of this because it was released prior to the album on the soundtrack to a film called The Thirteenth Floor. Um mm-hmm. and there's a there's a music video for that version and it's just called Join Me. It doesn't have In Death as its uh, uh in its t- in its title. And then it was remixed, obviously, and remastered for the album version, which was then re released as a single as well. Um, with another video, <laughs> which which I think has them sort of in like a icy sort of like palace thing going on, um, and that's the the version of the video that I'm more familiar with. But uh, yeah, uh, it's an amazing song. Um, I love that the piano element sort of becomes a big part of the sound on this track, um, that, and the whole way through it as yeah, well. Yeah, it's, it, it, remain, it remains a lead instrument even when you've yeah, got yeah. the the big. The big booming dynamic guitar I know, yeah, and absolutely. support acts coming in. Um, yeah, like the the, the piano is like that. That is the main riff of the song, isn't it? It's not really the yep. guitar, um, which is fantastic. I love that. That there's a bit of a um, contrast to obviously the songs that come prior. Uh, another massive chorus, really really big chorus. Always want to sing this one along. Um, I also quite I feel like on re-listening to it, the act- the bass actually becomes a little bit more muted on this track. It's not as loud and twangy. Um, mm-hmm. They kind of let the fact that it's a more sort of delicate like so- song, you know, they 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 highlight that more than than the the chunky sort of like rock element to it. Um, but yeah, it's also a really heavy display of Villa's range because we finally. I was going to say this is yeah. uh, this is the one we should talk about with the the range because yeah. he I think he does have and I don't even know how they. And they measure this objectively. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, he, he has one of the widest ranges of any singer in music. Yeah, yeah. Some of the other ones being, uh, I think we talked about this in the Ouroboros one, but yeah, Keo, yeah. Uh, um, Devin Townsend as well. Gray, yeah, yeah. Devin Townsend, Corey Taylor's got quite a large yeah, vocal yeah. range as well, I believe. Yeah, but, but um, if you, yeah, I mean, like just comparing how low his baritone was on "I Love You" and then how high he goes on uh, um, in the chorus, you know. Um, it's it's really really fascinating to listen to, and it it sounds completely natural. It doesn't sound like it's forced or anything. It just comes to him really naturally. He's um, got a really good he's got a really good falsetto, and he's also yeah, got a, yeah. a very sexy baritone Virginia yeah, yeah. bass voice. <laughs> um, the the low end of the range you'll hear much better at the beginning of Gone with the Sun. That's probably most yeah, yeah. obvious one. Um, but yeah, the falsetto is really nice in this. It's just yeah. a. Just a lovely song. Yeah, it's, it's a really great, a real hymn classic. Oh, absolutely! And I really like the um, the 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 bridge. 
Just oh, before it goes into the final. I'm glad you mentioned uh, this because I had like notes for this as well. Like the this life ain't worth living, and then boom, back in we go. Oh, so good, so good. Uh, what a great song. It's really good. We're not doing justice to the singing. I'm going to avoid it because uh, I'll, if if you come and meet us at the hymn concert, we'll be singing along. You know, but uh, not here, not in the podcast. Oh, we don't I, want to damage anyone. It's going to be very difficult seven. for me to not like um, continue to like want to sing. But yeah, I, I, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not here to, to cramp your style. You know, we're here to express <laughs> no. ourselves as individuals. That's so it, have, fun, have fun with it. Oh God! But yeah, what a great track. God, like the introduction to this album is ridiculously like relentless. So next up, we've got Right Here In My Arms, which is just the biggest, stompiest rock anthem on this record. It's just like... You'll be right here in my arms, so in love. She'll be right here in these arms, she can't let go. Yeah, it kind of, him, it kind of goes, yeah, it's got that glam, yeah. jingly jangly guitar mm. intro, which is quite, quite classic hymn of this period. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it just really blasts into it, and it's got a very, very catchy chorus. Oh, God. It's, doesn't it, it kind not? of gets catchier and catchier as it goes in, especially again. They're, they're good at a, a pre final chorus bridge. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it was a nice, like, tonal shift as well, I think, isn't it? It goes out good. It, it, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, up, upshifted final choruses but this one just they just about get away with it yeah yeah and i don't think it's i can't i don't think there is a key change maybe maybe there's maybe there's something to it they, they've done to it post-processing just to make it sound a little bit brighter but um there, there's something going on yeah there is something going. maybe it is a key change i'm not too sure but it does it's not as a, it's not a as, real music scholar instead of a yeah you know a wannabe like us they, yeah. they, they <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel prominently like a key change, but there is something going on there. Um, it also has the first guitar solo on the record, um, which my friend uh, Pete, uh, who I'm in a band with, always says sounds like a photocopier. It's strange how like what they've done to it. So the guitar tone is sort of like it's quite muted, almost like it's being played back through a megaphone. Um, which gives it this quality that obviously sound, makes it sound like a photocopier. <laughs> but um, I, I love the way it sounds. It's really unique, actually. I don't think I've, I've heard that sort of like guitar tone on another record, and I really like the way it stands out, actually. It's quite. It's a, nice a really song. interesting... It's, it sounds like kind of a, a shimmering, stuttering kind of sound to yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, um, like someone's just revved up a, a petrol strimmer. Yeah. <laughs> that's the kind of... That's the t- it's, a, it's a really, like choppy sustained yeah, sound yeah. I suppose we, the have coast... to, we have to put in now so yeah, people yeah, can hear, it, yeah, hear um, the solo properly rather than me just going <laughs> <laughs> um, I suppose the closest thing that you could compare it to like another guitarist would probably be someone like Tom Morello who's got a very sort of similar sort of effects laden sort of sound to his guitar that's very unique um, but it's not quite wow 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 yeah it's wow, not it's wow, not as wow, you know, wow. bluesy or funky in that regard um, but it's just it's just very unique 
that's something well i know what it's very similar to um now to think about it is uh the closest thing i can think is uh it's only because you said tom morello mm. is the opening to um coaches or as my yeah, friend insisted yeah. it was called cockeyes um <laughs> off the, the the first track of the first audio slave album yeah yeah that that sound of um like a an apache longbow coming into your front garden yeah 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 that kind of real chopper sound. Yeah, in fact, now that you've mentioned that, I'm going to have to bring that up again later on on the record because <laughs> um, it's sort of similar to another uh, sound that happens in mm-hmm. one of the songs. Um, but yeah, Right Here In My Arms is probably like uh, the biggest sort of rock anthem on this record, I think. Um, it's very much like signifies the bit of the hymn show where you absolutely go ballistic. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. What a great song. Really, really good song. And it's very, very singable. Yeah, absolutely. Again, like you, you we'll we'll probably sp- speak about the choruses a lot on this record because they're they're always like the big highlight of any of the songs on this album. Um, I also I like that, that's what that's what contributes to that big rock stadium feel to mm-hmm. it because I don't I think this album they they really go for broke in that that yeah. rock anthem catchy chorus stuff like not to say that their later albums don't have catchy choruses i just think they really really go for it here yeah absolutely it's it's very much like um the order of the day on this record is is big choruses uh one last mention as well like um there's a there's another really awesome drum fill before that final chorus where he sort of r- rolls on the snare quite a lot and it's just like oh it's just it just sets it off so well it's so such a great way to come back into the final you know round for the chorus um and that's when they bring in the the, the clapping as well and time yeah the drums. yeah yeah it's like quite subtle yeah yeah it's, almost, it's, it, it's it not... sounds like a clacky noise but then you're just, oh actually you know it's a they're trying to encourage the audience to get clapping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not like <laughs> obnoxious in a weird way. It's it, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice actually how it's, how well it's done. It's very subtle. No, on the scale of audience participation, it's definitely at the top end. The low end is, of course, you know, uh, choirs, choirs of children. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Used yeah. to questionable effect in the the new in flames record. <laughs> oh God. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I don't think we're going to cover battles in Castine at any point. <laughs> I can't. I can't see that happening. But uh, yeah, choirs of children are definitely way down the bottom. Mm. Um, a bit of tasteful clapping. I'm, I'm more than on board with. Yep. Yep. No, that's cool. <laughs> cool. So now we're going to take things back um, and go into "Gone with the Sin," mm. which is a much slower, laid-back track. And. slowest burning tracks in the album i think it's i suppose it's the closest thing that you're going to get to a ballad on this album uh it's very it feels like the mid midpoint you know mid midpoint out midpoint ballad um but yeah um this was my favorite song on the album for absolutely ages like Mm -hmm. and it's not it's not a very indicative of him like in in general it's very different um it's a very low-end bassy you know baritone croon fest <laughs> um, i was quite i was quite surprised whenever you because we obviously talked about this at mm. the time when we decided to do razor blade romance and i was quite surprised that you said gone with the sin was your favorite track yeah because it um, wouldn't it wouldn't be one of my faves not because it's just because i don't like it as much as the others but it's mm. an unconventional choice yeah for I, a favorite I, song I, on this album i really don't know why it sort of um like 
connects with me so much. There's something about I think because it's so bassy, um, it just there's something about that. Like it, it's it's a very it's a very delicate like love song, but at the same time, it's there's just this really sort of like warbly warm bass like sound to the whole to the whole song that i just there's something about it i really really like um I, yeah it's very difficult to, to to describe i just there's something about it that really connects with me um there's another photocopier solo on this one as well <laughs> um, which is very unique sounding <laughs> but this one seems to follow like the melody of the vocals which is quite interesting as well um Yes, yeah. it, it it is just a uh, an echoing of the main melody. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really lovely, like how that sort of comes back in, but like via a different method. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed "Gone with the Sin." It's 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 a really great song. Um, it's very different. Like I say, I wouldn't just regardless of the fact that I, you know, it's been one of my favorite songs for God knows how long. Um, I wouldn't introduce people to him via this song. Um, oh God, no. Yeah, no. it's because it, it would give you the wrong impression, but. Uh, you know, listen to it in context of the album, and I absolutely adore it because it's just, it's sh- you know, it's a big shift in tone, but at the same time, it's still a really memorable song with a great chorus, um, and you can sing along to it just as just as any other hymn song. It's just that tonally, it's very different, and it it definitely does have a, a final chorus key change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this one does. Uh, it's very noticeable. I think for me, Gone With The Sin is so slow that it almost outstays its welcome for me. Oh, and by the enough. time you get to the final chorus, I'm like, okay, that's quite enough. You know, this, this could... Uh, <laughs> come on, pick it up, guys. Pick it up. Let's go. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Like, uh, I mean, again, it's obviously, you know, this is why we do the podcast together, because I, I want to hear a different angle on things. Um, but yeah, for, for whatever reason, I fucking adore this song. <laughs> it's a really good song. Um, but yeah, like, it's nice to hear a different angle on it, because... I can I can totally see why you know it, it does it I think you know it you you could say that this is the mid album slump almost um yeah I think I think the the only thing I would say about it is first playthrough I would definitely listen to it mm-hmm. but if I had it on repeat which I would quite happily do yeah, yeah this would be one of the ones I would skip on the oh there you go on the, on, and in fact maybe the the only one apart from the last track that I would Shuffle past. Oh, wow. On, a, on, a, on, on repeated listening. Yeah. On yeah. repeated listening. First time through, you know, back to back. But, uh. Mm. Yeah. I mean, like, it, that's really interesting as well. And, and again, like, the first time I heard it was out of context as well. So I heard it on Unlove Said No. So I didn't have it, it, you know, it doesn't have the, the context of the, of the, of the full album to sort of give it, you know, correct placement but for whatever reason i just really connect with gone with the sin it's a really good song it's a good it's yeah, a good, yeah. it's a good slinky love song and, <laughs> and, and villa's vocals are really like really deep and groily. Oh, yeah he's, he's really Very, playing uh, it up on this one uh, he's really going he's going for broke he wants you to go with his sin <laughs> it's it's the closest he gets to sort of like doing a peter Steele impression almost like typo negative style um he's really really <laughs> like hamming it up on this song and i love it yeah type typo <laughs> negative style <laughs> It's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, but yeah, next up we have, I'd say, probably the most metal song on the album, actually. Like, um, all the songs up until this point have been pretty rocky, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but this one's got like a big sort of lurching heavy metal riff to kick it off. And it, it always it's always there, I suppose. Um, yeah. And in the chorus in particular, I think it, it's the only time that Villa sounds like he's sort of yelling. Um, the, and the name of the song is yeah, it's it's Razorblade Kiss. Sorry, there I should we go. probably introduced right, yeah. that. Shouldn't I? 
I was um, waiting to see how long it was going to go. Yeah, didn't yeah. want to interrupt. Oh, Razor Blade Kiss, man. What a great song. Um, it's, it's, it's just good from the start. Again, it's got the, the, the razzing... Diet, diet Tom Morello mm-hmm. riff into it, yeah. and you know it's going to be a big one. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's very good. And I really, really love the the chorus in this. I love the not quite screaming, just really just yelled, yelled is what it yeah, is. There's yeah, still melody yelled. to it, you know. It's not like um, that we haven't gone full scream, you know. It's like it, there's still melody permeating that vocal. It's really lovely. Um, and this I, is a t- it's a total sing along air guitar one, and I think that it's. It's very good at building itself up, and that so some of the other songs like "Poison Girl" right here in my arms mm. have dynamics, but they kind of chug along at the you know, here's the verse, here's the chorus, yeah, yeah, here's yeah. the verse. It was this one that you really feel like it. It almost slightly slows down and builds up, and you get the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right great. before the chorus, and I think that I really like that. I mm. like the I like that tempo change in addition to the dynamic changes. It makes it that's a really makes it such a a big. Yeah. sounding song yeah absolutely oh, it's, oh, it's, it's it, again Amazing. it gets like nice and indulgent as well because I really like the yeah he's loving it he's having a great time and speaking of people having a great time uh, Lindstrom busts a fucking wicked solo on this one I think it's the best solo on the album actually so satisfying and it's it's not as um it's not as heavily sort of like post-processed it's it's almost like a natural sounding guitar tone on the on that solo as well which i really like um and then it goes yeah. into the really nice um really nice bridge before the last chorus where it gets very very quiet oh yeah yeah and yeah. it goes into the just really saying as you are the one shape, and you can hear you know, the just just before it oh it's great it's a really really it's a perfectly like structured song it's like um if you wanted to show someone how good him songwriting can be, Razor Bay Kiss is a pretty solid um, uh, example of that. It's so it's so hard rocking. You get a feeling it's never going to end, and at the end, it just sounds like the guitars have just been unplugged. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's, right. That's time to move on. They like doing <laughs> that, don't they? Like, there's a lot yeah. of him songs that just seem to sort of abruptly end, um, which I kind of like because it's just like, all right, well, you know, where can we go with this? All right, we'll just stop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I really, one of the things that really winds me up about um, any kind of music is I don't like songs that fade out. Mm. I don't know why. I'm just prejudiced against it, I guess. <laughs> but I don't like songs. That, I like songs that just have a really good kind of yeah, yeah. ending. It's like, right, done. Next yeah, song, yeah. go. Or um, the only other thing, the only thing that's acceptable is um, like a crossfade. That doesn't count as a fade out. Okay, yeah, that's interesting. So if you get one track sagging into the next, that's, yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, but yeah. uh, I don't. I don't like songs that just sort of gradually fade out. No, that's interesting because uh, right here in my arms time. earlier that does have. a Yeah, it does. It yeah, does. Yeah. I know. Is that is is that a negative on that one for you? <laughs> um, 
Not quite. Okay. Not quite. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think it works. To be honest with you, like in that, in that regard. I think it works for that one. Mm. It works for that one. But um, yeah, really, really good song. Razorblade Kiss is a highlight for me. And uh, the last time I saw them live, actually, they played it live. And I think it's the only time I've ever seen them play it live. Ah. Um, and it was like a huge surprise. I, I was like, oh, excellent. We're going to get Razorblade Kiss. This is fucking fantastic. Um, so yeah, really, really good live as well. So um, next we go into what's essentially power ballad territory. Yep. With Bury Me Deep Inside Your Heart. Yep. And again, what does that mean? The opposite of love is death. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bury me deep inside your heart. Therefore, mm. does kind of make sense. Mm. Absolutely. Um, I really like the introduction to this with the sort of the guitar. Almost sounds like bell chimes. The it's just mm-hmm. it, and then as everything comes yes. in together, it's it's really nice actually. Um, but yeah, tempo wise, a slower song, um, more more ballady, I guess, uh, in yeah. style. Um, and it's, I suppose it's a very similar in style to Joy Me and Death. Um, again, yeah, I think, I think so. Touching on it, similar it, themes with the love and yeah. death thing, yeah. Um, another great big chorus that I always want to sing along to. Um, and the verses are actually very understated. Um, they're almost like Gone with the Sin, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of interesting. So, again, you get that light and dark, you know, we got like these very sort of understated, sort of muted verses and then everything builds up to a big bright chorus that you want to sing along to oh yeah i mean th- this one great. i i really like this track yeah but i yeah. think it's but it's it's compositionally interesting compared to some of the others because there's not actually that much going on with the lyrics yeah, compared yeah, to yeah. some of the other ones yeah it's, it's quite very sparse, it's very it's very light touch it's mm. it's sort of some of the other stuff like like join me in death and mm. razor blade kiss like those songs have a lyrical structure where you yeah, know yeah. things change as it go on especially razor blade kiss and you know it goes on a bit Sort of moves from just talking about enjoying kissing someone to know how they are they are the one and yeah, that kind yeah, of yeah. stuff, and it's a really good build up. Mm. This one doesn't really do that. It's more just one theme, yeah. And it's yeah. probably they. It sort of centers around the only line in the chorus, which is "They all I ever wanted is you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And that's, I, I like that. I like that. It's just like it's just one idea. We're gonna spend four minutes really hammering that home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's good. It's. Uh, I mean, again, it's. It's bizarre to think about like how much diversity is on this record actually, because even though like him's sound is very, very them, you know, like they can cl- they claim to that sound that him sound like him. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot going on like from song to song, you know, like there's a there's a real variety to the sort of tone of each song. It's quite interesting. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is tonally very different to Razorblade Kiss that just came before it. You know, this, that was a big rocker. This is a a more subdued. Song. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's that's one of the reasons why I think it works so well as a whole album. Because mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about the the, the old classic metal, you know, mid album ballads. Like, oh, all yeah, right, yeah. we've done four metal songs. We should probably slow this down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the only album that doesn't really do that is like you know, Slayer or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rain, yeah Rain and Blood doesn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Or but but it's quite a it's quite a standard thing. Mm. People do like four or five metal tracks. They go, all right, we better do a slow one. Yep. But this has a, a much wider variation of, of styles. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. A, and I think that very much works in its favor. Absolutely, absolutely. 
But they do still have a back half banger, which we'll, we'll get to later, because as oh, I God. said before, him, him are kind of the inventors of the back half banger. <laughs> and that's where it's interesting, because in the UK track listing, that back half banger is basically, I love you. Yeah, that's, that really yeah, ki- yeah, that that's kicks off point, the back yeah. half and it kind of compartmentalizes it a bit. Yeah, yeah. Whereas obviously on the original track listing, it's not there at all. Um, mm. Yeah, no, that's very interesting. Uh, I didn't think about it that way. And uh, speaking of back half bangers, uh, to be honest with you, it's it's very difficult for me to not say that every song on this record is a really good song. Um, I have a very very difficult time criticizing this record. Um, I think that's because every every song on the album is a very good song. Yeah yeah oh god, it is just fucking flawless. <laughs> mm. um, uh, yeah next song then is uh, Heaven Tonight. Um, which is another sort of um, more subdued track. Um, that was one of the things I wanted to mention, is that the bass on this is nice and bouncy and twangy. Oh, I love the sound of the bass on this record. I can just do that while you talk over it. <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. laughs> But it's probably not, not a good idea. <laughs> not not going to give it the, the justice it deserves. No. no. <laughs> um, but yeah, they're, again, they're obviously a big fan of that sort of like... Um, muted subdued verse and then like we'll couple it with a big bright chorus that, uh, yeah. and, and it, and but this is a bit more that. this doesn't have as big a chorus this is um yeah it, yeah. it is and actually this is the last track of the uk track listing and it i is, think it works it? really well as yeah. an ending track um, it, yeah and I, that's it is a bit more of a subdued finish like it and and we can talk a bit about one last time but i think actually this is perhaps a better choice for the ending of the album that might Ooh. that might be that okay, okay controversial okay. <laughs> that might i mean that might be nostalgia and because that is just what i associate as yeah, being yeah. the last track in the album mm. it's um it's not necessarily like the best yeah, but yeah. i think that i'm just used to it coming at the end yeah, yeah. and i think as a it's a really it's a really good way to finish the album because it is it's got a good structure but it's not quite as doesn't have the same dynamic range yeah, it feels yeah. a bit more a bit more like Sleepy time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just a little more. I, 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 I think I can agree with you on that one because, from the other side, obviously I've experienced this track list first. Uh, in so I, I relate more to one last time being the end. But again, mm-hmm. that could be completely down to nostalgia. So again, I can probably I can heavily agree with you on that one. Um, but yeah, um, heaven tonight is obviously you know very much. In as as the way we've been describing it, it does feel like a slower sort of a you know closing song to to the record, um, and yeah, it, it's very sort of similar in style to um, "Bury Me Deep Inside Your Heart" that we had earlier, and things like "Join Me in Death." Um, it's it's got that sort of more subdued sound to it. Um, a I song, think one of the so the reason yeah. why I would argue that this should this should be the true last song of the album mm. is because i think in the original track listing you kind of wind up a bit again and then yeah you, and you and, and then you're not winding down are you on this on the original track list um, no you're not you kind of go up and down it, it oscillates and that that variation's okay but mm. there's variation and then there's okay we're at tracks in now maybe yeah. we should be layering it back a bit or having something a bit you know bigger more complicated and then rounding it off i'd argue so, i like I like that it keeps changing because it keeps mm-hmm. it keeps you interested. Um, like at, at this, I haven't lost interest in the record by this point. Um, and when we move into the next track, which is "Death Is in Love with Us," we get another massive 
rock anthem again um and it's proper you know big self-indulgent like I, there's lots of like owls in this one <laughs> well, <laughs> no really matter like, what yeah. version of the track listing you're on this is the back half banger absolutely oh death is in love with us is what what a great song it's it's tonally very similar to sort of right here in my arms and razor blade kiss um it's just a big rocking bastard and it's got that dirty fuzzy guitar sound to it Mm. as well which is really fun yeah yeah it's 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 very lindstrom he loves that sound i mean he um have you ever listened to the daniel lion i the first album no okay so that was like um Lindstrom's solo project but it basically is him but everybody's in a different position <laughs> uh, Villa <laughs> plays drums on it because um, uh, he, ori- he was originally the drummer for him but when they first start out, started out apparently um, and as you know as things as, the, as the, in their formative years you know everybody moves around and tr- sort of finds their place uh, Villa found himself on vocals instead but yeah he is, he is you know he, he did learn as a drummer almost um but yeah it's that that album in particular has that real fuzzy sort of wall of noisy kind of like guitar tone to it as well and yeah you hear it a lot on death is in love with us um yeah there's there's not too much i can say with it other than it's a fucking great song (laughs) really is very fun oh god it's such a good song um but yeah like i say i really like the the indulgence of that, like when he ends the verse, like the verses with "ow," <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This is great. Right. Um, yeah, then we move into again another sort of. We're, you know, we're moving towards the end of the record now. Let's slow things down a little bit um, with "Resurrection." But it does still have a sort of metal edge. This one, like the introduction, is really stompy. The um, in the introduction, really cool. Like um, it just it gets your attention. You know, it's really commanding in that sense. Um, And we get another big chorus with layered like vocals and the backing vocals, obviously, sort of complement the the each line. Um, And yeah. You also get another key change <laughs> in the yeah. last chorus. Um, I think this one, so Resurrection, would not be one of my favorites. I think okay. it's perfectly, perfectly fine. It just would not be one of my absolute favorites. Yeah, I still, I still like it because it's very sort of you know traditional hymn in that in that regard. Um, I, I actually kind of unapologetically like key changes. <laughs> I know it's like a cop out. Like uh, you know, how do we vary <laughs> vary the song? Um but there's something about it I just love there's there's a bit of like a euphoria almost when you get like oh it, it's gone up a bit. <laughs> I don't know. It's, I think uh, yeah. I wouldn't say that I just find them a bit cheesy. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's and fair. I think it's because I associate it with the you know, Westlife esque pop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Who are the the biggest abusers of it? <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, there's not much else I can really say about it. I really like Resurrection, like I say, I really like the stompiness of the introduction and how the way it sort of leads into the song. Um, another big chorus. It's not, it's not, it's not like a forgettable track in any regard. It's just uh, it kind of probably gets lost amongst the other songs that sound quite similar to it, I suppose. Um, 
And then we finish uh, on the original track list with a one last time. Another was that, was, that a, was that a pun there? <laughs> I think that's the idea, isn't it? I think it's supposed to be. Oh, you know, here, you know, one last time, time for the. <laughs> no, I, I, no, I meant like whatever you said, and now we finish. <laughs> ah, see, so went out right over my head. That godless. <laughs> get, Sorry, get with was, the game. Get with the game. Um, yeah, it's another one of those patented low-end baritone crooners <laughs> that Villa loves so much, um, and it starts with that like choppy helicopter-esque sound that we were talking about earlier that Mm -hmm. Tom Morello likes to do (laughs) Um, yeah um, very like unique sound actually Um, certainly gets your attention it's like what the hell is that (laughs) Um, but yeah big like bassy chunky song Um, and it's the only uh, song that has acoustic guitar on it as well actually which is quite Mm. interesting like the, the guitar is all acoustic led and it gives it that light and dark again. So you've got like a big low end, bassy, fat, like fat end. And then the acoustic guitars obviously add that brightness to it. It gives it a nice juxtaposition, which I really like. So I didn't grow up with this one. Yeah, it's um, not on your version I, at all, is yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's not It's not on the, the UK track listing at all. Mm. And to be really honest, I don't miss it that much. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. But again, and, uh, I have the nostalgia of this song because yeah. I'm used to it. So there, there could be an element of that playing, you know, a part of that. But um, it is quite slow and quite long. Like it's by far the longest track in the album. Mm-hmm. So it's. Yeah. Um, but it does. It, it feels like the closer to me. So yeah, it's again. It, it probably is nostalgia playing into that. But um, at the same time, I really love it as a song on its own regard. Um, and it's that, not terrible. Oh it's no. Just, no. It's just not my fave mm. for a combination of wouldn't be my fave anyway and wasn't on my original track listing, so some part of my brain is refusing to acknowledge it as yeah, a yeah. genuine track. No, that's fair, that's fair. Um but it's really interesting though the way this happens with like quite a lot of these bands. I mean, was a it's been happening with sort of American releases since the Beatles, where all their early albums are all over the show, and they've got totally different track listings on them. And, and yeah, yeah, I don't know why it's that. It's a minefield trying to, to make sense of it. But, I, I think it was yeah. because like him are obviously breaking into different sort of territories with this record. That like each re-release in like a new territory gets like a different bonus track or something, and then they obviously. And and it, what with the UK one coming so late, it means that it gets almost like restructured with the additional tracks, which we can talk about now, I guess. Um, yeah. So, so the so the UK one yeah. opens with a recut of Your Sweet Six Six Six. Now, uh, tell, tell me a, what you... It's originally of Greatest Love Songs. Yeah, tell me what you feel about this one, because, uh, yeah, I've got things to say about this. <laughs> uh, I think it is a classic track. Yep, I agree with you on that but one. But I don't think this is the superior version of it. Thank you. And, Thank you. Right, that was what I, think, I wanted I think, to check. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the one on Greatest Love Songs is better. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's and the bridge. They've done something yeah. to the bridge on this version, which I really don't like. Um, they've shortened it by a bar, I think. And <laughs> it also sort of... Um, it, when it come when it comes back in, all the instrumentation comes back in, it sounds kind of unfinished. It sort of mm-hmm. unnaturally just sort of like happens. And like... The, the 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 contrast between like the fact that it's quite sort of quiet and subdued and then all of a sudden we get all this bright instrumentation just comes back sort of you know unannounced doesn't sound right at all doesn't really but it's like a really one. but it's a really great hymn song and it's one of my favorite hymn songs absolutely i, I love it as a song. version of it absolutely and it's not like it. it's not like if you listen to buried alive by love compared to the uneasy listening 616 version yeah, yeah, yeah and i like different versions of that on different days yeah, yeah i think probably i think probably in the end the the album version is the definitive one but i really really like the 616 cut and i like the the different the, just the different styles of it yeah yeah, yeah. um and but yeah that i think it's a really good song. Oh, absolutely! I'm, look, but I'm not I, I would not. I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no. But I, but I think um, in the same way I said we could do without one last time mm. on on this. I think we could also do without your sweet six six six. I think I love you is a better opener for this album. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'd agree with you on that one. Yeah, definitely. So um, that would be my my hashtag hot take. <laughs> so in the so in the US version and some of the later expanded ones, we've got um, two slightly interesting tracks which is we've got uh sigulum diaboli yep. and we've got uh the ninth circle but now, before you move on to those yeah, we should probably uh-huh. mention wicked oh. game cover of Wicked Game, which also appears on the debut album. Um, now, this is actually my favorite version of this song. Actually. Yeah, um, yeah, I would, I would, I'd say it. I would say it's a bit more, a bit more polished and a bit yeah. more rocky and fun than the the Greatest Love Songs one. They've added like a lead guitar melody over the riff on this one, uh, and it matches the the riff of the original song actually, um, and it just gives it a little bit more depth. Just, just that extra thing that sort of helps it set it off a little bit. Um, so it, it does. It does almost sound like there are two guitar players in him on this song, as opposed to there actually being one. Um, but yeah, so when they play it live, you often get the greatest love songs version essentially because there's you know there's not another guitar player to play the lead. Um, but I actually much prefer the, the layering on this one. It just it just makes it sound a little bit nicer a little bit brighter um it 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 moves in the way i'd expect it to uh, it's a really good cover as well um if you've it's never heard better it, than the original yeah i, 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 I mean there, there, i don't think i don't think him's cover of uh solitary man works as <laughs> yeah, well yeah, yeah. as this does like it's 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 okay mm. but it just feels a bit weird probably because the original was neil diamond and neil diamond is so nah <laughs> but um but this i think is better than the original this That's, is like a um a Hendrix all along the Watchtower yeah, level yeah. of uh, cover success. That's 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 fair. I think I wouldn't I wouldn't want to go on record as saying like this is better than the original song, um, but I do feel like um, it's 
it's a really um it's 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 a cover done the way I like covers done in that like they've made it their mm-hmm. own song. It sounds like a hymn song now. It doesn't sound like a yeah, it does. Song. It does. Yeah, yeah. Which and, really and, and, like. and but they've they've chosen a very good song to cover. Absolutely. Yeah, it fits their style perfect. But does it need to be on this album? Do you think? Mm. Oh, I wish that Wicked Game cover was in there because I think if you took this version of Wicked Game and transplanted it into Greatest Love Songs, yeah, I, th- I think I think. I think Razorblade Romance with the original track listing is totally fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I get why yeah. they've done it because they were obviously trying to push it beyond the Scandinavian audience. Yep, yep. Um, I just because it got, don't think yeah. we need it. It's really good. Mm. Appreciate having it there. Yep. Don't think we need it. Yeah, no, that's fair. But yeah, it is basically there because it got re-released as a single, so um, mm-hmm. it gets added to this version because they were obviously pushing that in a certain territory, the UK, I think, in particular. Um, well, that doesn't come across as contradictory that we think it's the superior version of the song, but it also shouldn't be in the album. <laughs> <laughs> Bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> what a world! What a world! But honestly, um, like it doesn't it doesn't hurt the album by being there at all. Like if you listen to the UK version, I don't think you're going to get um, an album that's any way worse than the original cut to be honest with you if anything mm. you just get a different you just get a different take on it more than anything else yeah um, i'd definitely rather have wicked game than one last time on the album really Ooh. so maybe maybe i am plumping for the uk track listing because i can <laughs> rearrange the the ordering and, and i like uh, i like the order of the original one mm-hmm. i could scrap sweet 666 but i'd probably have wicked game in there instead of uh, one last time that's interesting there is a way to actually listen to like the album with everything on it um like a, a playlist no no um th- uh, in there, <laughs> sorry <laughs> there was a, a a double lp release um on of all people jimmy pop from bloodhound gang's record label um and he did a, a us like double lp release on pink vinyl which um is getting quite sought after now unfortunately but it is a massive 15 track behemoth like of all the Razorblade Romance songs from each edition of from the original sort of like touring cycle, um, and that that's that's really quite something. It obviously means that it's quite a long record. It's f- mm-hmm. fifteen songs. It covers two LPs, like I say, um, but you, you basically get every 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 bonus track that's ever existed on you know a, a release of Razorblade Romance from around this era. Um, speaking of bonus tracks we now move on to the other two that are mm-hmm. uh Sigillum Diaboli I can see that face in your pitiful lies don't have the strength to carry your heavy load of lies I'm your Christ and I want you I've disclosed the past and you know it as well as I which is a re-recording of a song off him's first EP called Stigmata Diaboli, but this version basically turns it into a punk song, which yeah, I really I'm, like. I'm sure, you're, yeah, you're, I, I think I think it's a I think it's a fun fun song. Oh, it's so. But fun. I think I think it's a really fun song, but tonally it doesn't really fit in to, yeah, to yeah, the rest yeah. of the album, and I, that, that's why it's a bonus track, isn't I'd, it? I'd agree with you in that regard, but at the same time, if if. If this was on the original track listing, it would probably be my favourite hymn song on Razorblade Romance. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I really like Sigillum Diaboli a lot. Uh, and I think it might have been the first hymn song I ever heard. 
um, because it gets used in a CKY video uh, on like a Bam Margera skate segment, and I always used to wow. think it was the coolest shit. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was probably uh. yeah probably one of the first songs I ever heard. Also, another fantastic solo on this one really sets off the back half of the song. I'm killing myself. Um, yeah, oh God, I love Sigidum Diaboli. Really, really good song. But it is it's very. Really, much, it's a really fun. It's a really fun song. Yeah, but to yeah. me, it feels like an indulgence and, and takes away from the, the purity of the album. That's fair. That's um, fair. But and now, and now I'm going to be even more of an arse because I think that I, I prefer the Ninth Circle to One Last Time. Wow. Okay. Oh, at least you can try. Let me just Um, the Ninth Circle, then, is the the last bonus track, and it would be the last song on certain editions. Um, it's basically a rockier version of One Last Time, um, but structurally it's quite different. Um, it's it's a moody track, actually, quite a yeah. sort of like a, a, you know, it feels like the vibe is a little bit more negative. Um, but I'd say the yeah. chorus isn't as strong on this version for me. Yeah, it's much. I mean, it's much heavier. It's a totally different yeah, yeah. song. It it would have made a good B side on a single, I think. Um, but as an album track, yeah, I'm not too sure. I'm bothered about it being there, to be honest with you. Um, it's probably the only song I've got like any sort of negative feelings towards. I just don't. I just. It's not that it's a bad song. I just. It doesn't do much for me. You know, it's just. It's just there. <laughs> so uh, there we go. Um, that's yeah. That, I th- I think I think it's like. Ah, I don't know. Maybe it's not that good. It's bloody, it's bloody long as well. Yeah, yeah. There's a good solo on it though. Good solo on it. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think ultimately the the bonus tracks. We, I mean, we don't generally talk about bonus tracks anyway. It's just because this album has so many branches that we yeah, felt yeah. need to comprehensively cover it. But I don't. And I we're don't being feel like yeah, we need it. We're being indulgent as well. We both love this album a lot. <laughs> so it was like, why not? Oh, yeah. Why not cover it extensively? Oh, yeah. You know, give it the give it the coverage it deserves. Um, so uh, what are you, what's what's your concluding uh, thoughts on Razorblade Romance? Do you, do you think it stands the test of time? It does, and I still think it's the best album ever made. <laughs> wow. <okay. laughs> it's my absolute favourite album of all time, easily. And listening to it again today, I was just like, yep, just it still is. <laughs> uh, I adore I think Razorblade I Romance. Adore. I don't know. I don't know if it's my favorite him album. I don't know if I prefer this or prefer Love Metal, but you know, it's it's in it's in it's it's fifty fifty. Mm, that's fair. I but, mean, like Love, really, Love Metal is stylistically a very different a different beast, but um, uh, I mean, obviously, it still has you know the hymn sound, but at the same time, it's it's more of a live sounding record, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, Razorblade Romance is just fantastic I, I have very very few negative things to say about it I, it would be a 10 out it would be a 10 out of 10 say, for me it, yeah. so yeah oh it's 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 really really excellent mm. what um, an amazing and, and we're we're lucky to be able to to cover it and hopefully get a, a new generation of people who have over overlooked um overlooked this and overlooked him and said no this is this is excellent songwriting it's a really fun album 
a really rocking album that's got yeah metally metally bitch you can you can bang along to it's got loads of bits you can sing along to and it's got some very nice ballads yeah absolutely Just very very well rounded yeah so your favorite track go on i was gonna say gone i was gonna say gone with the sin uh because you, you told me before we recorded the, <laughs> yeah, the episode. yeah um and i think it kind of still is yeah so you're right on that one um yeah i it feels almost sacrilegious saying that that's my favorite song on the album, but for whatever reason, I connect to it like more than anything else. Um, as, as, and I'm not like say, giving like any of the other songs on this a disservice by by you know like saying I prefer this one, but it's just just something about it that's really sort of like oh that's that's my song that's that's the one I like. <laughs> <laughs> that's my song. Well, yeah. I guess if you if your favorite song is Gone with the Sin, then that sounds like sacrilegious by definition so that's okay, <laughs> yeah it? i mean i i was I, every time i listen to it i'm like oh you know there's so many good songs on here like maybe i should think about like championing championing like razorblade kiss or you know death is in love with us or something but um yeah it's just it's just it's very sort of it's now become like a part of my history with music i suppose so i it feels bad to sort of like turn my back on it <laughs> it's there's so something special what do you there. what do you think my favorite track is i'm gonna go out on a, uh, a razor blade kiss correct Ooh, oh wow yeah. I, I, I was that, that i was, was gonna say it was either that or death is in love with us because i know that you've Ooh, got, you've got i think the the it, for me it's, it's definitely razor blade kiss but mm. um my second choice would probably be probably right here in my arms i think oh, actually. okay death in love with us is very very good though as yeah, well yeah, yeah. no that's fair i mean you know Choose choose one of your favorite kids type scenario. Oh, yeah, but that is that's a very. But it good has to be. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. <laughs> the others will all die. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but Razorblade Kisses is definitely my favorite. Oh yeah, no, totally. And I think it would be very high up my list if I was to pick a favorite song as well. Um, but yeah, fantastic record, isn't it? So, so um, nice I to totally to. I totally forgot that we recommend other albums mm. at the end of this, and have I haven't prepared anything. anything. <laughs> I have picked I have picked one. I have picked one, but it but it feels a bit it feels a bit tenuous, I guess. Go on, because, lead with it. Well, um, well, I was gonna go with one you recommended to me a while back, which is now called uh, "Monster" by Garugamesh. Really, that's a really interesting choice. Okay. Yeah, because I think it's got a similar type of. Yeah, it, it's just it's it's not not in any way similar. Mm. I just thought, ah, you know, I think it's, songwriting. It's an in, it's an interesting album. Yeah. Song structure wise is quite similar. Mm, yeah, it's I can not, see where you're coming from in that stereotypically metal but then i also think that um something by Darian gray is probably more appropriate but i mean we already reckon we already had a Darian gray one mm, okay listen to if you if you didn't pay attention to our earlier recommendation to get uroboros yeah you yeah. should listen to that um some of the or we'll or we'll, or we'll do it again yeah, we'll just yeah. keep recording one every year <laughs> that's fair that's fair um yeah i suppose like um uh, we we I, I don't know if I've ever shown you any really early Deer and Grey where they're sort of like almost moody gothy kind of thing going on, um, almost sort of Sisters of Mercy kind of sound to them. Um, uh, but yeah, so I suppose you could choose probably like Gauze, which is the first Deer and Grey as being quite similar to him like tonally as well. Um, but yeah, um, anyway, uh, the the two I chose because um, I actually did prepare. <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> Um, so first, I prepared mentally, if if, if not <laughs> structurally. Um, I'm not taking the mic. Don't worry. Um, 
So I've actually chosen another goth rock band from Finland. Um, and Villa actually does backing vocals for them every now and again. Uh, they're called The 69 Eyes. Mm-hmm. And I've heard of them. I've yeah. uh, chosen their album Paris Kills uh, because it's got loads of big pop bangers on it. Um, Dance to Your is a really great song. Grey's a fantastic ballad. Uh, Don't Turn Your Back on Fear is a big banger. Um, yeah, it's a really, really good record. I'd highly recommend it. And it's very much in the sort of goth rock style that um, we've been sort of talking about here. Um, something a little bit different, but still sort of tonally similar. Um, I'm actually going to pick a typo negative song uh, album. Um, uh, Bloody Kisses is the one I'm going to pick from, uh, which has uh, Black Number One on it, which is probably one of the most uh, famous, I suppose, uh, typo negative songs. Yeah, It's also got something that I think is very him in its style. There's a cover on it. Um, which they, you know, kind of make their own, kind of bring it into their own style. Uh, Type Negative do, do a cover of Summer Breeze, <laughs> um, oh, wow. which was um, which they've sort of doomed up and made sort of nice and slow and lurching. Um, it's really fun, and it was actually used on the soundtrack for I Know What You Did Last Summer, <laughs> um, which is a nice little tidbit for you. Um, I suppose Bloody Kisses is a good seg from a razor blade kiss. Oh, there you, like, go. One, there you go. There you one go. is absolutely going to lead to another. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there, there's lots of things that we could have chosen from as well. I mean, we could have picked a Cathedral album as well. Uh, you know, mm. again, tonally very similar. They've got that sort of uh, sort of doomy, gothy kind of thing going on, which is uh, very much their thing. But at the same time, I think Cathedral a little bit more sort of. Uh, classic heavy metal as well so I, yeah de- definitely yeah. i think that's what put off the the we want him girls yeah yeah back in the day <laughs> um i mean like one of my favorite cathedral songs is um hopkins uh and that's just proper like self-indulgent heavy metal <laughs> so yeah um yeah hopkins the Witchfinder general is a fucking fantastic song if you ever want to listen to something of that ilk but yeah <laughs> Um, there we go. Right. We've covered I we should, yeah, all bases, I think. Up, yeah, we? yeah, yeah. yeah, we've done it all. So, <laughs> um, as always, you can leave us a review on iTunes, which apparently uh, does quite a lot. It does, um, yeah. If, if you're using Overcast for iOS like me, you can recommend it, and that will yep. float up to the top of your, your follower lists on Twitter. Mm-hmm. That's useful. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Cast Iron Show. You can find us on Facebook at Cast Iron Show. And you can find us at castironshow.co.uk. Excellent stuff. That's, that's the lot. Thank you very much for listening as always. I've been Lewis Clark from UK Scum Scene. You can follow me at, at Sonic Yoda on Twitter if you need to get your direct fix of lunacy from me. And you can find me on Twitter at AG Bear, although I have mostly drifted off Twitter these days. But you'll, you'll find like you know my, my vegan blog, yep. the Reasonably Vegan blog, that started up last year. So if you want some recipes for the fantastic vegetable gel frizzy, you're uh, <laughs> welcome to check that out. Excellent stuff. All right. Catch you next time. Bye. Goodbye.